Hey, this is Sam from Brain Tools, and this is the shortcut version of our Brain Tools podcast, where you get just the Brain Tools, all four of them, uh, nothing else. It's short, practical, and sweet, and I hope you like it. And welcome back to the Brain Tools section of today's podcast. And uh, as we always do, Sam, really important to provide a little bit of context because mm-hmm. while we've outlined, obviously, uh, that you know there's a lot going on in the neuromarketing space, I think the key thing we want everyone to take away from this is that there are methods that marketers are going to use that is going to encourage you to buy a product irrespective of how good or not it actually is. And the aim of the game here is to try and fight that artificial demand, right? It is not saying that marketing is bad, right? A lot of products in the world make your life better. For example, the computer you might have right now means you can type faster, right? Provides value to your life generally by saving you time. But what something that we do want to be mindful of is you know, fueling consumerism for people that are in debt, so to speak, right? Because that is a bit of an ethical concern. Mm, and so the people yep. that normally end up buying the products don't actually need it. But again, it's talking about that idea of inserting need as well. And so the brain tools we go through today are all about giving you an understanding as to what is going on and therefore giving you some ways to engage, as Sam said, system two, not system one, that conscious, rational thought as well. If there's anything you want to add, Sam. I think that covers it entirely. It's really just about giving people some tools to help uh, counteract the tactics based on neuroscience that marketers use. Um, So really excited to share them. Love it. Well, we start with brain tool number one, if I can take the lead on this one, which is be a shepherd, not a sheep. Be a wolf. Be a wolf. Be a wolf. Wolf back. Now, this basically (laughs) one of the things that we have spoken about previously on on previous episodes is that we are tribal in nature, right? Humans are. We want to belong to a group, right? That whole idea of herd mentality. And if the majority of the group do something, then we are more likely to do it. And this is something that's called social proof or, as Sam articulated before, herd proof bias. A really good example of this uh, is an experiment where one person in public literally fixed their gaze to the sky and steadily more people became to do this until 70% of the people within that area started to do it. And it's the same thing as when you go to a restaurant. If there's a restaurant has got a line of 50 people or a line of two people, you're probably more likely to attribute quality to the one with 50 as opposed to the one with two. Now, the reason we bring this up is that this is really compelling right? Think about the number of times you've got something from a company that said, we work with 300 clients or we work with really well-known clients, right? Mm, It's very easy to fall for the trap that the product is commensurate with the quality of the brands and people they associated with. And so I think it's a really important one to combat the idea of social proof because everyone uses it. Like I'm going to put my hand up right now. We've used it in our marketing at the education company that I run. And Sam, I'm sure you've done this as well. Everyone has. Social proof is kind of marketing 101. Absolutely. It's like literally the stock standard thing. Now, we don't realize, as Sam said, that a lot of this is subconscious. And so, as I said, be a shepherd, not a sheep. We don't want to fall prey to that. And so, I've got a very clear and easy thing that people can do. Instead of falling for that initial product that you've got there, compare products against other products. That's your main step, right? If you're going to buy something, make sure you at least get two or three data points in that as well and use that as a reference to evaluate how useful is this thing. Is it actually useful? Is it actually going to do what it says? Or you're doing it and buying it simply because other big brands and other big names have actually done it. Hence why there's ambassadors for every single thing in the world. And I think doing this in line with looking at the reviews becomes really important to understand what might be bad about this and what is actually good about this. And you're more likely to make a purchasing decision based on what is useful rather than what appears to be most useful. Now, I know Sam, that's a lot there, but that is brain tool number one, be a shepherd, not a sheep. Be a shepherd, not a sheep. So kind of 
effectively do some research, make some comparison, take some options, don't just rely on what other people uh, are doing. Absolutely. Because, look, you might make a good decision, but you're making a good de- good decision for bad reasons. Ooh, I like that because you're making a good decision for reasons that are not your own, which very counterintuitively leads into brain tool number two, my second brain tool, which is three-star reviews. Three-star reviews. Brain Mate, I'm peaked. Not one, right? not two, not five, three. Not, not one, not five, three-star reviews. And from a problem perspective, we, as we talked about in our episode, two episodes ago, episode 19 on biases, we use heuristics, which are these shortcuts to make decisions that cause us to have decision biases. So go listen to that episode if you want to understand a little bit more about those shortcuts in the brain. And the problem is marketers exploit these. As Kieran has mentioned, the herd bias or social proof, the bandwagon effect. Um, and there's a few more uh, as well. There's anchoring bias, availability bias, mere exposure effect, a whole multitude that are used by marketers. What this means is these brain shortcuts are taken advantage of uh, by people marketing products to us to help us make these quick processing decisions where we don't actually really think through our buying behavior. So the solution and implementation to counteract some of your own biases without going in too far of the details of understanding or being able to list all 160 plus cognitive biases yourself, really, because that's a lot. It's a lot to think about, right? A really easy way to avoid your own biases being wielded against you as weapons of manipulation uh, is to not trust your own opinion and instead read the middle reviews, the three-star reviews. Now, you're probably thinking, why three-star reviews? And here's the rationale. And this is the, the, the brain science part of this is to not trust your own opinion and, and get an external opinion that's less biased than yours. But the three-star reviews, the rationale is because if you read one-star reviews, you're going to be looking at the terrible reviews, the worst possible reviews of that product, terrible experiences people have. And often you'll see vitriol and really, really aggressive language and hateful things thrown around. And if you read the five-star reviews, you get the optimal state people will have with the product. But Reality often lives somewhere in between. And what I've tended to notice in both my research, but in my own personal life too, is that reviews with three stars or the reviews in the middle will give you a really balanced perspective on the good and the bad of a product. They'll articulate both because there's something they didn't love about it and there's something they did love about it. So it's a, they're really a really great way to de-bias uh, your product decision, your, your buying decision-making process is to go have a look at a couple of these middle star reviews to see a really weighted perspective um, on why people did or didn't love a product. And align with this, be wary of organizations who have no middle road reviews. There's no such thing as a perfect product. And if they've got 300 five-star reviews, there might be a chance they're fake. Let's be real. There might be a chance there's 300 fake reviews. Bots. Absolutely, just, just <laughs> literally not not possible, not possible at all. It's it's not possible. There's no way. So you know the the brain tool, which is three star reviews, is to debias your perspective and get out of your own head by reading some weighted and balanced reviews, and those happen to be the three star reviews when you're going to make a purchasing decision. So ah, brain tool number two. I love it. And I think that that idea of finding the middle ground, right? Because we feel the tendency to go to the extremes. And I think one thing that you did mm-hmm. mention, and we mentioned in previous episodes in the emotions series, so feel free to go back and look at that, is negative affect bias, right? Which is negativity bias, which is if you do look mm-hmm. at the spectrum, you're probably more likely to lean towards the negative 
possibly, than the positive without thinking, hey, how many reviews have they done? How many one-star reviews are they compared to five, compared to three? And that's where our statistics fall down. So I love that. I've never done that before, and that is right in the arsenal, right in the toolkit. Make sure. <laughs> Put it away. Which is not a trimmer. Lock it up. <laughs> and if you do sell trimmers, uh, Kieran is looking for some more ads to be served to him. So uh, I'll give you his email address. Mate, you know happen, We're yeah. literally talking. I've mentioned trimmers like three times now and my phone's near oh, yeah, you Kieran's here right next to me. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Screenshot that and put that as the, uh, the the image for this episode. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone involved. But that does bring us to brain tool number three, Sam, which uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Are you ready? Go on, hit me up, right to number three. Oh, don't be scared of scarcity. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mic drop, thunderstorm, got it. Now, I think the, the big thing that we have looked at, again, is biases, right? And we have a tendency to desire things that are less available, right? It's a more scarce resource, so we assume it's more valuable. For example, right, um, I was just looking uh, to do a staycation in Singapore and I was looking at booking.com, right? And I went on there and it literally said, you got the timer of, you know, 20, 20 minutes going down, 19, 18, 17, and it says only two rooms left. And I'm sitting there being like, look, it's still impacting me. It's making me actually do stuff. But I'm like, you, you have heaps of rooms left. So you're more yeah. Like, what are you talking about, right? Another example of this is like limited edition. We've only got 200. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Highly likely, you've got 50,000, right? And I think these are some heuristics that heightens that and leverages that fear of loss, right, which pushes mm-hmm. us generally to act. I don't want to miss out. I'm going to get FOMO if I don't. And I think that's happened to me, Sam. I assume it's happened to you. Abs- well, it absolutely happens to me. And you know what? It makes me a little bit angry now that I'm on the other side of it, to be honest. Absolutely. And I think what we are speaking about consciously, right, in in counteracting, I suppose, these weapons of influence, so to speak, is being really conscious with how you evaluate a certain thing. So my solution to this is to write down, right, when you are evaluating and you're going through any sort of checkout service, always knowing that they are trying to get you to buy, right? But writing down, Mm. how will this make my life better, right? Create a scale of one to 10, right? If you are sitting there being like, it is a 10, right, then buy the thing right? Especially if you can justify it. But if it's one, don't buy it. And I think this is the key thing, which is you don't want to buy something because you think you need it. Buy it because you actually do. And even if it's for pleasure, right? That's also fine, right? It's not saying all pleasurable purchases are bad purchases anyway, that video game, whatever it might be. But using a scale system gets you just evaluate very quickly, take that pause, and you're more likely to actually do it. And this for what Sam said at the top of the show, is definitely for the people who are impulse buyers. As you are actually engaging your prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO of your brain, you're taming those normal emotional reflexes that will make you do it. You'll slow down, you'll take a pause, you'll evaluate what's the best choice for you. And that is brain tool number three, don't be scared of scarcity. Ooh, great name for a brain tool too. And a great way to, to slow down um, uh, and to, to counteract some of that in the moment uh, decision-making. Affect. Bye bye, infomercials. <laughs> <laughs> by now, we only have 10 left, or is it 1999 for the next week? Yeah, this is okay. such a 10. I just have to mention it very, very quickly. Do you remember ShamWow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do I remember ShamWow? Some of the most ridiculous I, products, but hey, people buy it. Hey, I wanted a ShamWow. I'm not going to lie. I wanted, as a child, I wanted a ShamWow. Just one. Or the tape. There was that tape. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> So good. Mate, you're going to round us off now. I've taken us off track. We're back on track, I promise. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's all good. It's all good. So that was a great brain tool. And going to finish up with what I think is probably my favorite 
brain tool when it comes to uh, being influenced by marketing. And that's brain tool number four, the 10-minute rule. Ooh, the 10-minute rule. So the problem, as we articulated before, is that we make these rash decisions when we're, for lack of a better word, heated emotionally in the moment. And I want to say, think about all the, the dumb things you or I have said in the heat of an argument. Emotions running hot. Heard a couple of feelings. We've all done it. We've all been there. Um, and the same things happens when marketing impacts emotionally. Uh, we override our, our critical thinking. In fact, there's there's even quite a bit of research on the effect of emotional arousal on intertemporal decision-making, in particular paper um, in the Journal of Physiological Anthropology, where they had they showed, conclusively showed that when people are more emotionally aroused, they make these increasingly impulsive decisions, um, both towards positive and negative. So knowing that, knowing that when you're emotionally charged in that moment, you're more likely to make a decision based on instinct rather than utility, rather than usefulness. You're more likely to buy that shitty product you probably don't need because you feel like you need it. What is the solution? And it's really, really simple. Never buy anything on the spot in that emotional moment. Instead, wait at least 10 minutes. When you see an ad, when you try on some clothing, spot something online, when you bookmark it or put that item back on the rack, wait 10 minutes and then come back. And the reason this works is because in that 10-minute period, all the neuromodulators, which have been impacting the way you feel and the, the way you're thinking and your likelihood to buy that product, subside. All that activation and that emotionally charged experience kind of calms down. The, the fire, if you will, turns from a flick, from a massive roaring fire into a tiny little flame. So when you come back after 10 minutes, you are much more clear-headed and much more likely to evaluate the purchasing decision uh, as to whether or not it will have benefits to you and utility over your your life and, and whether or not it's something you want to be buying. So it sounds really, really simple, but effectively I want to like finish off with a quote to, to round out this brain tool. And it's from Dr. Tally Sharrett, which is that science has shown waiting just a couple of minutes before making a judgment or making a decision reduces the likelihood they'll be based solely on instinct. And just like with a judgment, waiting 10 minutes and using the 10 minute rule before actually committing to a purchase will reduce the impact uh, of emotions on you and perhaps reduce the amount of times you buy something that you end up later regretting with buyer's remorse. So that's it, the 10-minute rule, brain tool number four. I love it. And I think as we go through all these brain tools, it's sort of clicking, like as you said, it's all about taking a pause, right? It's like our brain is this prediction machine that we continually talk about, particularly predicting rewards. And the reward is normally not the reward that we necessarily need, but it's what our brain wants at any given time, right? And I think creating that, severing that connection, so to speak, through that pause, through the 10-minute rule, uh, I love it. I think uh, we'd be a lot better off for it and no more buyer's remorse. (laughs) Maybe not. Yeah. like, Like you said, it's all about disrupting that subconscious processing that we don't understand or don't know is having such a massive impact on us. Um, and as Shane Parrish from um, Farnham Street said, one of his famous favorite mental models is that he always waits 20 minutes before making a decision on anything. He never makes it in the moment because he, he's really cognizant of just how much this impacts you. And the same thing goes with your buying behaviors. Whew. That so. is so, so good. Well, let's get to the top. Let's summarize this. Let's go back. Brain to- let's tool number one. Be a shepherd, not a sheep. 
There is the phenomena, the herd bias, social proof, where we are more likely to do what the majority of people actually end up doing. And people and companies do this through big numbers and brands that they work with. But the reality is that doesn't necessarily tell you how good or how useful a product is. So make sure when you are purchasing something, you have at least another product to compare the product you're interested in buying to. That means you are more likely to make a purchasing decision based on what is useful and what is best rather than what you are thinking and put forward to be the best. So that's brain tool number one. Be a shepherd, not a sheep. Love it. Brain tool number two is the three-star reviews. Be weary that you are biased in your decision-making and your biases are probably going to be used against you by marketers trying to get you to buy things. So rather than relying on your own bias, get out your head, go have a look at some three-star reviews, not the extreme five-star reviews, not the extreme one-star reviews, but the ones in the middle that offer a balanced perspective and use those to help provide counter evidence that uh, mitigate the impact of your biases on your decision-making patterns so you don't end up buying something that you later later regret. So brain tool number two, three-star reviews. Love it. And that beeline's nicely into brain tool number three, don't be scared of scarcity. Remember, we have a tendency to desire things that are less available, a la limited edition. We care more about 200 t-shirts on offer as opposed to unlimited t-shirts on offer. And we want to make sure that we don't fall prey to this fear of loss or this scarcity. So how do you do it? You need to engage your conscious processes, your prefrontal cortex, write down how will this make my life better, scale of one to 10. If it is even above an eight, purchase it, buy it. If it's below that, then don't actually do it because it's probably not something that you actually want. It's something that you've been made to want. So as I said, slow down and this will help you massively avoid scarcity bias. So brain tool number three, don't be scared of scarcity. Oh, great. And talking about slowing down comes to brain tool number four, which is the 10 minute rule. Before you buy anything, even as excited as you may be in that moment in the store on the, uh, you know, on the website, just wait 10 minutes, come back 10 minutes later, let those emotions subside, let those neuromodulators subside, uh, and then make that decision whether or not you want to buy it. Chances are highly likely that you turn around and go, oh, actually, you know what? I probably don't need that. So brain tool number four, the 10 minute rule. And that's us done for the week. I love Um, it. And then next week as well. This is, yeah, (laughs) there's a lot, there's a lot in here. Um, and a lot of utility as well. And especially next week, we'll be talking more from a marketer's side of things, how you can make your marketing brain engaging. So less, we're not talking manipulation. We're not talking unethical persuasion. We're talking about things that make your marketing engaging um, to people. But before we do do that, 80-20 this week, what you got? Talk to me. Going to quote the great man, Warren Buffett. He says... Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Make sure that you are buying things that are useful to improve your quality of life. If that's saving you time, giving you pleasurable emotion, whatever it might be, that means you're making a decision that is better for you. And that is mm. And yours. So, so true and yet so hard to do. Uh, my 80-20 is marketers try to make you feel rather than think. So you buy rather than evaluate. Reduce manipulation by reducing emotion in the equation. Slow down, let yourself calm down before you buy something. I love it. Sam, what an episode. What a cracker. So that was episode 21. Episode 22 next week will be applied neuromarketing and this neuroscience marketing from more of a business perspective or personal brand perspective. We're going to be talking about how you can make your marketing brain engaging or brain friendly, um, which I'm really, really excited about because I've done a lot uh, in my own life and I know Kieran knows a little bit about it as well. 
If you are loving the podcast, please subscribe or follow us on Apple, Podbean, or Spotify so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Or if you really, really want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It's always uh, much appreciated. And you can follow us on Instagram or on LinkedIn, Praying Tools Podcast, to keep up with the journey and, and watch us grow. Otherwise, that's all from us this week. Look forward to, to next week to talk more neuroscience uh, and marketing and your brain. Bye from me. Bye for now.